Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is the son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Kadesh in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Dagwood Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Best for you. 
for your perfect world that is done in our lives we shall have the testimony of jesus we shall have the testimony of jesus that of all that you've given us we have lost none even in this time of the pandemic when churches cannot meet we thank you that we will lose none in the name of jesus we give you glory we give you praise help us to be good shepherds through these conferences lord sharpen our shepherdorial skills oh lord give us the anointing of david that goes after the wolf that has come for the sheep give us the anointing of david that goes for the bear that has come for the sheep give us the anointing of jesus that makes us good shepherds for the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep 
Good shepherds, Lord. Make us chief shepherds, Lord. Chief shepherds, Lord. Make us great shepherds, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Ah, we pray for the anointing of the good shepherds. We pray for the anointing of the good shepherds. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Help us, O God, to fulfill all righteousness. Mariandoro, your word says that if a man strive for mastery, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. Help us to strive lawfully, O God. Help us to fulfill all righteousness. Help us to be keepers of the souls of the sheep as them that will give account in the name of Jesus. Morisha Kolebosaba. Randeria Katolobosiakala. Merenderia Katofolobo. Mandara Shakataya. Roki Shalendelebobo. Maracatolo Sia, Sele Colaba Sube, Orieke, Aburi, Acatolo, Michende, Kaluba, Scaloba, Sia, Morienderi, Coribeke, Taloba, Sia, Shu, Tele, Kalu, Matule Besimaca, Marondo Keshala. Use us, O God, for your glory. In the name of Jesus. Kalanderi Kashumakafala. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We ask for the presence of your Holy Spirit to lead us, to teach us in the mighty name of Jesus. As we partake of these flow conferences, Lord, let us never be the same again. Never the same again. Sharpen our shepherdorial skills, Lord. Kaloba, be pleasing. Let us no longer be stupid shepherds, Lord. Let us no longer be down shepherds, Lord. Help us to be quickened by your word in the name of jesus help us to be washed by your word in the name of jesus and let no one watching partaking of this conference ever be the same again in the mighty name of jesus i pray with thanksgiving amen amen hallelujah amen well i want to thank you for welcoming me into your homes into your churches wherever you are watching from from all over the world i want to thank you for um, connecting and for being part of this conference. I aim the vision that God gave me to, to have this so that in this ninth season, the teachings and the words and the books by Bishop Dagheward Mills, one of the leading ministers of God in the world today, would also be a benefit and a blessing to you, your church, your ministry. In Isaiah chapter 21, there's a, there's a very profound passage of scripture there you know where it says that watchman word of the night you know the bible calls it the burden of duma it's a watchman word of the night some version of the bible explain it further and say watchman what time of the night is it you know and the watchman replied that the morning comes you see the time of night that it is it is of no importance 
Because you cannot do anything in the night. The Bible says the night comes when no one can work. We are in a night season, a time when we cannot do our pastoral work the way we've been doing it for years. But I believe that the response of the watchman to the question is actually a prophetic message to the body of Christ, especially to pastors and to ministers. His response was that the morning comes. What type of night is it? It's not important. The most important thing is that the morning is coming. What is the morning? The morning is a time for a new opportunity. Morning presents new chances again. Another chance in which you can do what you couldn't do in the night. New opportunities. New breakthroughs. You know, new attempts to do great things for God. The morning is when you can work. You know, Jesus Christ shared a parable with us and spoke of the man who had a vineyard and went out in the morning to go and hire laborers. The morning is a new chance to start working again. And I believe with all my heart, with all my heart, you know, that this corona season, you know, has um, presented us with a ninth situation. We are prophetically in the ninth. But the good news is that the morning is coming. When this um, thing started, I said that um, soon it will be over. Immediately after Easter, everything will start going down. And um, truly, after Easter, we can see that everything is now starting to normalize slowly. Just as the um, watchman prophesied that the morning comes. But you know, it is interesting that he said that and the night comes again. You see, life is made up of seasons and everything we do is seasonal. So even though the morning is coming, he said that the night will come again. I, I believe that another time is going to come when we will not be able to work for God again in the way we are working for him now. So this new season that is coming is our greatest opportunity to now do everything that we have to do for God. It's going to start to be uh, materialized soon. You see, and so that's why I believe that God led me into these flow conferences. Sorry, these seed online conferences because we can no longer have conferences the way we used to. Um, churches and church gatherings have been banned you know until further notice even though it will be lifted soon you know so i want us to um pay particular attention to these teachings because they are sharpening us the bible says that as iron sharpens iron so that a man sharpens the countenance of his friends you know so i want to encourage you that i'm bringing you the words and the teachings of bishop dagwood mills a leading minister in the body of christ like jesus christ said if you will follow my doctrine, then you will know that the words that I speak to you are not mine, but they are of my Father. Amen. Amen. And this morning, um, I'm led by God to teach you from this book, The Mega Church, by Bishop Dag Heward Mill. The Mega Church. This is one of the most used books by pastors around the world to grow their churches. I am privileged to work around the world with pastors holding conferences. And this book, The Mega Church, you know, the anointing and the strategies that will help you to make your church grow is one of the most widely used books in the uh, body of Christ today. Different churches around the world, you know, that, that have testimonies of how their churches have grown. You know, so I would like you to um, encourage a pastor friend. I would like you to call a pastor friend that there's an important conference that uh, you are watching online. They should also log in, share the link on your Facebook page, 
It is free. There is nothing to pay and there's everything to learn. Amen. To make our churches grow. Because our churches grow by the number of people that we are able to make to be committed in our churches. The more you can increase the number of committed people in your church, the more your church will grow. And that is what this morning's um, teaching is about. I'm sharing from chapter 11 from this book, The Mega Church, how to have permanent church members. You know, when it comes to church members and churches, you must understand that the attendance of a church is very fluid. The attendance of a church is as stable as a market. (laughs) In a market, people just go there, they go and buy whatever they need to buy, and then they leave. Actually, you would find virtually the same people going to the same market to buy virtually the same things all the time. But you agree with me that it can, even though the same people are going to the same market at the same time, almost permanently, you cannot say that those who are going to the market to go and buy the things are permanent members or clients of the market, women who are there. Amen. However, however, it would surprise you that there are some of the uh, people who sell in markets who have permanent clients. Yes. And the clients can call them on the phone. I need this and this and this. They'll put it together and then go and deliver it. Take their money and get a little something extra. But you see that the market women who are able to develop permanent clients are richer than those who just sit down and people come and buy and go, buy and go, buy and go. And that is what this morning's message is about because every church has a lot of people coming in and leaving. Like he just, just like a market. People come in and leave, come in and leave. It is the duty of a pastor to create, to develop, to cultivate permanent church members. The more permanent church members you have, the bigger your church will get because you cannot negate the fact that people will come and go without being permanent. Bishop teaches us that every church has a big front door and a big back door. So the more you can make your front door big, but decrease the size of your back door, decrease the number of people leaving your church, it's going to determine how big your church will, will become. It is like filling a bucket with water. When there is no leakage and the bucket is not spoiled, within a few seconds, your bucket will be full. If there's a small hole, it will take a longer time for your bucket to be full. And the bigger the hole, the longer the time it will take your bucket to be full. And until, until the um, hole is so big that no matter how much time you take, your bucket will never be full. So the smaller the leakage, the faster your church will become full. In the same way, the smaller the number of people who are not permanent members of your church, the bigger your church will get within a short time. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Bishop teaches us in the book that the best type of member is a permanent church member. Because there are different categories and stages of permanence, you know, or devotion of a church member. At first, he becomes what uh, we describe a dear stage member. A deer is a nimble-footed, quick-running animal. Very difficult to catch. So difficult to catch that in Ghana, there's actually a tribe 
where they have an annual festival, where the aim of the festival is that they have a competition to see who can catch a deer. <laughs> yes. And the first group that catches the deer has won the competition because it is almost an impossible, extremely difficult task to be able to catch a deer and make it a permanent member of your hands. Amen. In the same way, when anyone joins the church, you should understand that they are not committed to the church. And it is your duty as a pastor to make them committed members of your church. Hallelujah. How is it practical? When someone joins the church or comes to your church for the first time, his almost natural inclination is to say that I will come again next week. But a little experience will teach you that he will not come. (laughs) And when you call him, he may pick up your phone and when he finds out that you are from the church he attended on Sunday, he'll be very nice to you. After which he will save your number as don't answer one. Don't answer two. And you have from after your first phone call, which he answered and was so nice, now when you call, he doesn't answer the phone again. <laughs> I'm sure all the experienced pastors are laughing. And you can remember people who stopped answering your call. Now, from the dear stage, you persevere, you pray, and then you use a different phone number to call him. And then he picks the phone and says, Oh, my phone has been spoiled at the repairer. But you know that when you call him sometimes, the number is busy. <laughs> Immediately after that, the number goes off. So from the second stage, which is the dear, sorry, which is the goat stage, from the um, dear stage, you go to the goat stage. A goat is more domesticated. Okay. A goat belongs to you. Wow. Even though a goat is still disobedient, I've never seen a man who is able to talk to a goat and the goat will obey him. <laughs> Or the goat will follow him humbly and quietly and obediently. But goats are so more controllable than deer. Even if for anything at all, they cannot run as fast as deer. Amen. Amen. And so your duty is to move your church members from the um, deer stage to the goat stage. At the goat stage, they are more obedient. You see that they come to church sometimes, they don't come to church sometimes. But the time they are goat stage members, they've they've trusted you enough to show them their houses. You visit them, you commune with them, but you see that on Sunday mornings, sometimes when you go and bring them to church, they'll be inside and they'll send someone to tell you that they are not at home. That is a good stage member. He's part of your family, but he's not as obedient. He's not as flowing. He's not as committed. Even though he's taking an extra step towards a higher level of commitment. Then from the goat stage, you now go to the best stage, which is the sheep stage. stage. A sheep is the most obedient animal. In fact, when God was describing how he wants our relationship with him to be, he described that as sheep. He said, we are the people of his pasture, even the sheep of his care. Jesus Christ described himself as a shepherd. A shepherd looks after sheep. You know, so I want to encourage you to try to move all your members to the state of being sheep. A sheep is an, is an animal that is dependable and that is dependent on the voice and the leading and the care of a shepherd to know what to do. In, in fact, it is said that when you leave a sheep to itself, it will destroy itself by its activities. Hallelujah. So I want us all to learn 
how to develop devoted members and how to have permanent church members. Number one, you should understand that the best way is to follow the Jesus way. The Jesus way is the best way. And Jesus came to make permanent church members of us. The Bible says that for you who were at one time afar off. You see, there was a time when we were all there. There was a time when we didn't even read our Bibles. You know, one of the um, changes in my life that made me know that I was born again was the practice of listening to preaching messages. Oh, yes. Because, you know, I remember when I was in upper sex, I had a friend who was born again. He used to go to Action Chapel in Accra. And when he was coming to school, he would bring a tape recorder and bring a lot of preaching messages by his pastor. And when we were listening to unbeliever music, he would be listening to preaching. And I found him to be the most strange, most unusual, the most nonsensical practice because to, to me, going to church was bad enough. Going to church on Sunday to listen to somebody telling you all about your sins and then requiring you to give him an offering or to give him money was bad enough. But now after Sunday, you come home with a preaching that you don't want to hear and then you preach and then you play it on your tape recorder. To me at that time, a tape recorder was meant for the use of playing unbeliever music. But who in his right mind listens to preaching on a tape? Why would you do something like that? Why? Even the live preaching is bad enough. <laughs> Amen. So when I got born again and I now find, found myself addicted to listening to preaching over and over again, it is one of the signs that told me that you have changed and you are now born again. Amen. So you need to teach your members because your members are like me. <laughs> your members are like me. They don't see why they should listen to preaching messages over and over again. They don't have a good sensible reason to. But you don't need a sensible reason to listen to preaching messages. You need a spiritual reason to listen to messages. Amen. So you need to teach your members. Amen. The, 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 the importance of being permanent church members. And so I want us to, to go through it together. In the chapter 11, Bishop teaches us on 11 reasons why you must teach your congregation to be permanent church members. Amen. Amen. 11 reasons why you must teach your members to be permanent. Number one, you see, and if you teach them, they will be. Like I said at the beginning, sheep are dependent are dependent on the master, on the shepherd, on the leadership of their shepherd. Amen. Amen. Number one, you should teach them that they are part of a family. <laughs> the Bible t- teaches us in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 15. It says, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. So they are part of a family. And the truth is, whether they like it or not, they are part of a family. So take them the benefits and the advantages and what the Bible says about being a part of the family. Amen. Amen. When you are part of a family, 
you are a permanent part of it. I am a member of the Mills Odway family. Before I became born again, I was a member. After I became born again, I am still a member. If you were to take my DNA, my genes, and you do a test, you will see that I carry the same genes as all members of the Mills Odway family. And the day when I even get angry and I say that, look, I am no longer a Mills Odway. I'm now a Robinson Jonathan. <laughs> you can go and check the DNA of all the Jorgensen Ronaldsons and see that I am not part of that family. <laughs> yes. And in the family, there will be problems. In the family, there will be disagreements. In the family, you may quarrel with your brother, but you are still in the family. In the family, your father may beat you, but you are still in the family. You may disagree with what your father is doing, but you are still in the family. You never leave a family. You cannot extricate yourself from being a part of a family. You are in a family for life. Amen. So I want to encourage you to teach your members and explain to them that for all of them, as they were growing up, I'm sure they had quarrels with their brothers and sisters, but they never left the family. I'm sure they had disagreements, but they, left, they never left their family because you are in a family forever. Amen. Amen. Number two, they are part of a building. They are part of a building. And this is probably the most important reason because when you are part of a building, you, you cannot come to your house one day and you see that the bathroom of your house has left your house and has gone to your neighbor's house. <laughs> and the ba- because, because the bathroom says that he prefers a blue wall but you painted it green. So he has now left your house and gone to your neighbor's house whose, uh, whose bathroom color is preferable than yours. It does not happen in real life and you teach your member that it cannot also happen in their lives. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. Let's let's turn together. It says, For ye are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry, you are God's building. Wow. wow. Yeah, you see, the Bible teaches us clearly that we are God's building. God has a building and we are part of it. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, the Bible says again that as living stones put together, we are built up into a spiritual building. Amen. We are built into a spiritual building as living stones put together. So each member of your church is part of the building blocks of your church. And you should teach them that they are part of the building and God expects them, therefore, to be a permanent part. Because there is no block in a building. I mean, imagine if as I was preaching, suddenly you saw a hole appear in the wall behind me that the block there has left the building. It would be the most amazing, most unusual event that has happened. Amen. So you should teach your members that 
unusual and magical events unless they are magicians they have to be permanent part of the building the only people allowed to leave a church are magician church members <laughs> people who can disappear but you can see that every building block of a church is a permanent part of the church just as every building block of a building is a permanent part the bible says that we the members we are like living stones put together that god has built up into a spiritual house Amen. hallelujah don't take it for granted teach your members you see the bible says that when the holy spirit comes he will teach us all things amen he will teach us all things so it is our duty to also teach our members you see you should know like that like the bible says in romans chapter 10 verse 17 it says that faith comes by hearing faith comes by hearing so it is what you teach your church members that is what they will believe if you teach them that God expects them to be permanent church members, they will know that, yes, it is better to be a permanent church member. And look at this. When you are a building block that is permanently fixed, whenever there is house cleaning going on, you will be cleaned. Whenever there is repainting going on, you will be painted. Whenever there is some kind of rehabilitation going on, you will be improved. The only reason is because you were a permanent church member. But the blocks that left the building, usually when there's a rehabilitation going on, they are are thrown away because they didn't remain as permanent parts. Hallelujah. Number three, the third thing you should teach them is that they are part of a garden. They are part of a garden. In every house that is developed, a garden is well taken care of. They hire even a gardener. I have a friend who had a gardener to take care of a garden. A garden is always taken care of. Yes, Hallelujah. And the Bible says that we are God's garden. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 5. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 5. Let's, let's turn together. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 5. He said, Now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up. And I will break down the walls, and it shall be trodden down. He said, I will tell you what I'll do to my vineyard. God is seeing that as his vineyard. Hallelujah. God is seen as his vineyard or another name for vineyard is garden. I have a garden at home. You see, when, when you have a garden, you take care of it. You go and look at it. Are there weeds in it? You remove it. Is it growing well? It's not growing well. You add fertilizer. You add water to it so that it grows well. You give it care. One day I went to a um, website to read about how to make your garden nice. And one of the things they said, that there's a statement that the best fertilizer for a garden is the shadow of the gardener. (laughs) You see, what what they were trying to say was that the best thing a garden needs is the care Mm. of the gardener. Amen. Amen. In the same way, teach your members 
that the best thing they need to grow is the care of their shepherd. So they need to be a permanent part of the church so they can receive the permanent care of their shepherd. Amen. They are part of the garden. In the same way, when they are part of the garden, all the anger in them will be removed by the gardener. Because the gardener goes and he sees stones that will not make the plant grow and he removes them. All the lusts and the fornication will be removed. All the lies and the stealing will all be removed. Everything that will prevent their growth and prevent their beauty will all be removed by the gardener. Because they are part of the garden. You should understand and you should teach your members that a garden doesn't take care of itself. There is no garden that can prevent weeds from growing in it. But as it is permanent, it is now the duty and the job of the gardener to take care of the garden. We should remember that when God gave, or when God created Adam as the gardener of the Garden of Eden, the Bible said that he told him to keep the garden. That word keep is also in the Hebrew, it means to guard or to tend. You see, the job of a pastor, and when you're a permanent church member, the benefit you get is that your pastor guards you. He tends you. He takes care of you. He makes sure that everything is okay with you. You need to teach your members that when they are permanent parts, you take care of them. You guard them. You make sure that everything is okay with them. It's going to be a great blessing. Hallelujah. So teach them that they need to be permanent. And when they are permanent, the fertilizer that needs to be added to them so that they will grow better, the word of God, the seeds of the preaching and the watering and the rain of the Holy Spirit will fall upon them. That times of refreshing shall come upon them from the presence of the Lord. It is all going to be a blessing for them in the name of Jesus. Number four, you need to teach your members that they are part of a tree. They are part of a tree. Hallelujah. John chapter 15 verse 15. John chapter 15 verse 15. Let's turn to it together. They are part of a tree. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Jesus said, I said, I am the tree and you are the branches. Teach your members that God expects them to be branches. God's will and vision and intention for them is that they should be branches of the tree. And he said, he that abides in me. Now, it didn't say that he who even stays on the tree. He said, he that abides in me. Not on me. See, you, see, you should read your Bible carefully. Did he say that those who abide on me? He said, those who abide in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Not even just fruit, but much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, right here, Jesus gives us the formula and the key. And the method to bearing much fruit. So it's very simple. That if Jesus is correct. If Jesus' words are true. 
if Jesus' words are to be believed, <laughs> then it means that the level of your foot, the extent of your foot, the size of your foot is directly proportional and directly correlated to your level of connection to the tree. Because he didn't say that it is every branch that brings forth much fruit. He said, it is the branch that abides in me and I abide in him. How does Jesus abide in us and we abide in him? He said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is the word of God. So when his words abide in you, then he's abiding in you. You are also your words. So when, you, when your words, your prayers, also abide in Christ, you pray in the name of Christ, you pray in your prayer life, that's how you also abide in him. Amen. Amen. So what, what does this mean? Very simple. It means that your level of talking to Jesus and his level of talking to you is what determines the extent of your fruitfulness. Okay. Amen. Amen. Because he said, that it's the one who abides in me and I abide in him. He is, see, he, see, he said that it is the same that brings forth much fruit. I have trees in my house. Or if you go out and you see a tree, you will see that the branches that are more directly connected to the tree stem are bigger than the ones that are further away from the tree stem. I have never in my life, my short life, seen a tree where the, where the branches that are further away from the stem are bigger <laughs> than the one they are connected to. I've never seen it. You can send us a WhatsApp message to show us a tree that you have, that the branch is bigger, the, the, the branch that is further away is bigger than the one that are more closely connected. I have never seen it. So that's why he said, He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So teach your members that they need to abide, they need to be strongly connected to the church. I was listening to an old message that was preached a long time ago. Well, not an old message, but a message preached a long time ago by Bishop Dahiwad Mills in 1998. The title of the message was The Mega Tree. And in The Mega Tree, he shared a revelation and a principle. And he shared a window and gave an example that has always stayed with me and guided my life. You see, he said that when you look at a tree, what makes the tree connected? And what makes the tree abide is not its physical connection to the branch but it is the invisible invisible internal unseen hidden connections that is what makes the tree abide so when you look at a tree you may even cut the outside of it but it will continue to grow because what makes the tree grow is not its external connection to the tree but it's internal invisible connections. Then he gave another example. That when somebody has a stroke 
and you will never have a stroke in Jesus' name. There's nobody watching me who have a stroke. When someone has a stroke, let's say his left hand has a stroke, that left hand, you will see that it is still physically connected to the body. But what has happened is, the internal connections, the unseen, internal, invisible to the outside eye connections that make blood flow to that part of the body have been disjointed. And even though the arm is physically connected to the body, there is no internal connection to the body and so that arm dies. Hallelujah. In the same way, what is going to make your members permanent and you need to teach them is that it is their internal invisible connections to you and to your church that is what will guarantee that they will be connected and then like jesus said they will bring forth much fruit amen, amen. they should not be like satan it is the spirit of satan that goes to and fro in the earth in job chapter 1 verse 7 the bible says that the sons of god were gathered the devil came, Satan came, and God asked Satan, now where have you been? And he said, I've been going to and fro in the earth. <laughs> Satan said, I've been going from one church to the other. I've been church hopping, church hopping. Recently, I asked somebody that so, did you come to church? And she said, I was church hopping. <laughs> God doesn't want us to be church hopping. He wants us to be permanent parts. He said, I've been going to and fro in the earth and then I've been walking up and down in it. May you be permanent and teach your members to be permanent in the name of Jesus. When they are part of a tree, automatically they will bring forth much fruit. Amen. And as we continue teaching, you can send in your questions. Just type it in the uh, Facebook window you are sending. We will, we will answer this and interactive um conference so you can make comments you can ask questions once we get your question we will answer it you can send a message just to also let us know that you are around and that you are watching number five psalm 92 verse 13 psalm 92 verse 13 this scripture is actually probably the scripture that made me a permanent part of the church when i heard it i loved it I said, wow, I want the results of being a permanent church member. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalm 92 verse 13, he said, those that be planted, 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 he said, those that be planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. Amen. Amen. Those that be planted, so you need to teach your members to be planted. Hallelujah. They should not be jumping from one church to the other. The Bible says that it is those who are planted who shall flourish. To flourish means to grow. To flourish means to do well. To flourish means to prosper. To flourish means to advance. To flourish means to progress. To flourish means to be rich. To, be, to, to flourish means to have abundance. There's everything good about flourishing and everything bad about not flourishing. And the Bible says that it is those who are planted who shall flourish. He also said in Psalm 1 that we are supposed to be like trees planted by the rivers of water. And the Bible says once we do that, the next thing is that we shall bring forth fruit 
in season. I see you bringing forth fruit. I see you bringing forth much fruit in the name of Jesus. As you are planted by the rivers of water, you shall flourish also and bring forth much fruit. How can you be planted and what do you do? One of the ways to be planted by the rivers of water is to be planted by the word of God. When you are planted, you don't move. When you are planted, you stay. When you are planted, you are permanent. One of the most critically dangerous things to do to a plant is to transplant it. Whenever you are going to transplant it, you've endangered the life of the plant because plants grow by their roots and their roots get nutrients from the soil. So for the time that you've removed it from its soil, in effect, it is like putting a human being in bed or in a coma and depriving it of oxygen. The longer a human being is without oxygen, the more endangered its life is. Hallelujah. In the same way, when you transplant a plant, you've taken it it out of its environment of sustenance and it can easily die. In the same way, when a church member leaves a church, for the time that he has left his church, his life is endangered. The Bible says that um, like a roaring lion, uh, adversary the devil is seeking whom he may devour. When you watch documentaries or films about lions hunting, they always and only look for the animal that is alone. And when no animal is alone, when no deer is alone, when no buffalo is alone, when no sheep is alone, they create an environment where the sheep will be scattered so that they can attack it. It will surprise you to know that even when 1,000 sheep are together, sheep, when they are together, a lion will not attack it. A sheep is the most defenseless animal. But as long as they are together in a group, they will not be attacked. That is why sometimes the lion go close and then they roar. A roar is not an attack, but a, a roar creates fear and panic. And that causes the less experienced sheep to just start to run. Out of a reflex reaction, they start running. As soon as they start running, they are dead. Because the aim was to separate them and to get them alone. Or the aim was to transplant them from the rest of the uh, flock. And then as soon as that happens, they are dead. In the same way, teach your members. As soon as they are alone, they are dead. As soon as they leave the church, they are dead. They are destroyed. You see, and unfortunately, many sheep who leave the church feel, feel that they are harming the church or they are, or they are punishing the church or they are revenging the church or they want to show the church that they are powerful. But that is seducing spirit. You see, look at this. When Satan went to Jesus to tempt him, listen to what he told him. He said, if you are a son, cast yourself down. Look at what he told him. See, he challenged his permanent part of the body of Christ. He said, prove that you are a permanent part by leaving it. But it is the most amazing trick that the devil plays on sons in the ministry, daughters in the ministry. He tries to seduce them and to tempt them to abuse their sonship. The Bible says that a son abides forever. But you see that Satan will come to sons 
and tell the son, cast yourself down. A servant knows he's not a permanent part. So that is why it's easy for a servant to leave. And it doesn't even cause much harm. But a son is tempted to what? Not cast himself up or go down. But Satan seduces sons to destroy themselves. Satan cannot cast a son down. Satan makes a son cast himself down. And as soon as you are cast down, of course, you will be destroyed. So that's why you need to teach them that they should be planted. There's no reason to cast down yourself by doing something dangerous. Why, why should you jump down a building to show you are a son? If you are a son, no one needs to tell you that you are a son. You, you are a son because of the relationship that you've had. And relationships are not broken. Relationships are not broken. Relationships are permanent. Teach your member to have permanent relationships with you. You can be angry with them, they are still your sons. You can rebuke them, they are still your sons. They might be planted and then they will flourish. Hallelujah. Number six. When they are permanent, they can invest freely. Because they know that the church is their church. They are not going anywhere. When you live in a rented house, your care of it is different from when you live in your own house. When you live in a rented house, you try to do as little as possible to improve the house, knowing that it is not your house. But when you live in your own house, you do as much as possible, knowing that it is your own house. And so teach them that this is their church. This is where they will have their funerals. This is where their children will get married. This is where they themselves will get married. And when you teach them to be permanent, and you teach them that this is their house, you will see them more easily given because where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be. Amen. Number seven. They will have a family to celebrate their victories. They will have a family to celebrate their victories. Amen. You know, one of the nicest things is to celebrate your victories with your friends. The Bible says that after you have suffered for a while, may the Lord establish you. You know, the nicest people are those you've had for a long time. Sometimes I um, discuss with uh, my friends I've known for a long time in our university days, how it used to be when we didn't have beloveds, when we didn't have wives. You know, we discuss how we all got into relationships. Sometimes I remind them and, 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 you know, and I tease them about how they used to quarrel with their beloveds who are now their wives. And we think of the good old days and we talk about them and we laugh and we thank God for how far he has brought us. Amen. In the same way, when you are part of a permanent church and you teach a member to be permanent, when there are good times come, it will be nicer to celebrate and to laugh and to rejoice and to recount testimonies of how good God has been. But you see, when you have walked for a long time, rain has beaten you, the sun has beaten you, you've had terrible experiences where it was raining and you were by the road and a car came to splash water on you and you got to church and you were all dirty from the rain water that had been splashed on you and one day you drive into church with a brand new car and you add the pastor to dedicate it it is a nicer feeling you see because all the car is dedicated and prayed for and you are thanking god the victory the victory is sweeter 
when the past story is more bitter. Amen. So the car is dedicated with laughter and happiness and, congr- and congratulations. And like the saying goes that joy shared is double joy. Amen. I have um, friends in the ministry like that and as God has moved them on and they prospered and are doing well, we meet and recount the days when they were poor and struggling and didn't even have money to uh, bring a taxi to church. It is nicer. So you need to teach your members that when they are permanent, in the day of their victory, it will be a sweeter victory. But if they join another church when they prosper, their people will just see them as just another member. Amen. Amen. And their victory will not be as sweet when they've been married for seven, eight years without a child and they've been believing God for the fruit of the womb and the baby finally comes after eight years. It is the, the victory and the rejoicing is sweeter because they were part of a permanent family and the rejoicing is nicer and the praises to God are more. Amen. So teach them that the victories and are sweeter when they are part of a permanent family. Romans 4, 50. Bible says we should rejoice with them that rejoice. Number eight. When they are permanent, they will see the fruits of their labor. Hallelujah. James 1, verse 8. Say that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So teach them not to be double-minded. Not to be unstable. Teach them that they need to be unmovable unshakable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Teach them. They will believe what you teach them. When you don't teach them, they will not know what to believe. And you are the shepherd. The Bible says in Jeremiah 3.15, I will give you pastors after my own heart who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. You need to teach them. That is your feeding ministry. And teach them to be permanent. They will listen to your voice and obey it. And in the day when they are tempted to leave, they will remember this teaching on being permanent. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. As we continue, I'd like to introduce these new books to you, Flow in the Anointing. It's a very important, very powerful book. It will help you to be planted by the rivers of water. It's a new book by Bishop Dyeward Mills. Another one is Everything by Prayer, Nothing Without Prayer. It is also a new book. This one here is the Double Mega Missionary Church. It will also help you modern, current, cutting-edge strategies to make your church grow. It's a book that is helping many churches today. This one here is Steps to God's Presence. Beautiful book on the anointing. This one here is the anointing and the presence. You need it because, you see, Moses said that, Lord, unless your presence goes with me, Take me not out of this place. For how shall the heathen know that you sent me? The anointing and the presence. This one is, can't you do just a little bit more for God? This is a call to going higher and deeper in the ministry. This one is, the seven great principles. Wonderful book about different areas where through the principles shared in the book, we will be more grounded and do more. This one is, faith secrets. It is also a new book. The determinants. This one will help you through the seven determinants to live an abundant, successful, prosperous, and never-ending series of victories in this world. The determinant that makes for a successful life. This year is Attempt Great Things for God. Another new book by Bishop Dyke Mills. 
This one here is those who honor you. And this one here is make yourself saviors of men. You know, I believe that this book has come at a very timely time because, you know, when you go on the internet and you listen to pastors, we are preaching and teaching about everything apart from the salvation of souls. And this book is a clarion call. It's an anthem. It's a coming back to the most important thing. Jesus Christ said, I came to seek and to save the lost. Pastors need to come back to that. And you can get the set of the uh, new book, the whole set together, you know, just send a message to the number on your screen, 050-739-8889, wherever in the world you are. It's going to be a blessing. Number nine, they should be permanent in order to avoid the deception of short relationships. You know, short relationships are like fireworks. You know, when you, let, when you light them and you let them off, you see a lot of light, sound, excitement. That does not last. That does not last. Short-term relationships are like fireworks. They just explode in excitement and it's over. Amen. Joshua made that mistake, you know, and, and, and he never recovered from it. Some of the problems that Israel had were from this mistake that Joshua made by committing himself to short-term relationships. Joshua chapter 9, verse 8, 9, and 16. And Joshua said unto them, you know, he was deceived by the Gibeonites. God had told him to destroy all the nations. And as he began to destroy them, the Gibeonites knew that they were next. (laughs) Because they were near to the people of Israel, so they were next in line to be destroyed. So they deceived Joshua. Look at what happened. And Joshua said to them, when they came to see him, who are you and where do you come from? And the Gibeonite said unto him, we are from a very far country. (laughs) Unfortunately for Joshua, he didn't investigate further, but he believed them. And it came to pass at the end of three days, just three days. You cannot meet a girl after three days and marry her. You know, I remember one of the brothers in church and he was looking for a wife. And something very unfortunate happened to him. He said one day he was on his way home from work and he saw a girl at a bus stop. How can you see a girl at a bus stop and like her? But anyway, he saw a girl at the bus stop and the girl was wearing a t-shirt. You know, and the name of, his, of his, the university he went to was on the t-shirt. So he began to talk to her at the bus stop. stop. And he fell in love with her at the bus stop. Can you believe it? Dear pastor, that because of the t-shirt she was wearing, he met a girl at the bus stop and fell in love with her. So at the bus stop. (laughs) So he came to see me as I tried to advise him. He said, she's a very nice girl. So about a few weeks later, weeks it was valentine's day and he invested all the little money he had as a new worker to buy her gifts so he took the gifts home to her house in the evening can you believe it that when he took the gift to the girl's house she was bathing so he waited as he finished bathing he gave her the gifts and she thanked him and put the gift down as he was talking to her her phone rang another man had come to take her out another man had come to take her out so as he was there 
he had to leave the gifts there because you cannot take your gifts back and escorted her to the man's car. <laughs> that is the problem you have with short-term relationships. You need to teach your member that long-term relationships are the best. When there's a long-term relationship, trust has developed. And those are the best relationships to have. Number 10. Last but one. They are closing soon. They will have consistent pastoral care. Teach them that the church is like a hospital. When you go to the same doctor over many years, he knows your medical history. And based on your medical history, he will give you better medical care than somebody who has met you. Because the truth is, for many diseases, the symptoms are similar. The symptoms for malaria and typhoid fever are almost the same. But you see, when you go to the same doctor all the time, he may say that, no, last week you were sick with malaria and we put you on the malaria course. So though you are exhibiting the same symptoms, it is not likely that after one week you have malaria again. So it is more likely that though the symptoms are malaria symptoms, you may have typhoid fever. But it is because you have gone to the same doctor again. But if you go to a new doctor, he will automatically treat you for malaria. And you may die because you are treated for malaria instead of typhoid fever. But what saved your life is because you went to the same doctor who knows your history. In the same way, it is important to go to the same church because your pastor will know your problems for the last 10 years and know that when he sees this, it's likely to be that. And you have better pastoral care. And finally, finally, the last reason to teach your members, and like I'm saying, I'm preaching from this awesome book by Bishop Dykewood Mills, The Mega Church is that they'll be rewarded for their faithfulness. Matthew chapter 25 verse 23. The Bible says, Well done, thou good and faithful, thou good and loyal, thou good and permanent church member. Hallelujah. God will bless them for their faithfulness. God will bless them for their loyalty. God will bless them because they stayed true and permanent in your church. Teach your members these things. For in them are the words of life and the words to make your church grow. And especially in this season, when churches cannot meet, you need to engage your church members and teach them that even though we are not meeting physically, we are still in the same family. Because for most of us, our brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers may live abroad. Or you may not even live in the same house with them. But the fact that we don't physically meet each other does not mean that we are not part of the same family. You are in the same family because you are bonded together by cause of love. That cannot be broken. Not by Ebola virus. Not by coronavirus. Not by any other kind of sickness or disease. So teach your members that even though we are not meeting physically together, we are still part of the same tree. Hallelujah. That we are still in the same garden and I am still your shepherd. And so you relate together, you engage together and as the morning comes, you will see that once your church reopens, I promise you, your numbers will be greater than even before the pandemic. And you'll be so happy, so happy that you um, taught them and you shared with them this message on how to be a permanent church member. If you want any of the books or the products by Bishop Dag Heward Mills, you know, you can also just text the number on the screen. You can get the mega church. You know, you can get a set of new books. 
you can also get the Macarius, the set of 60 books, all authored by Bishop Dag. He would note on all areas of ministry. You can also place an order and get this one as well. You can also get the Mantano. You know, all these are different books that will help your church to grow. And even in this season when um, churches cannot meet, they will teach you and help you in the name of Jesus. Tomorrow, I'll be here again at the same time, 10 a.m. GMT, you know, to 11 a.m. It's just one hour um, of um, teachings from the books of Bishop Dag. You know, to help our churches to grow, especially in this season when we cannot meet. Teach your members, you know, that when they are permanent and they are faithful and they are loyal, there is a reward. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou good and faithful member. Teach them that like trees, they need to be planted so that they will flourish. And all the blessings of food bearing shall be their portion in the name of Jesus. As we end this um, message today, if you'd like to give an offering or a donation to help, you know, the books ministry and to encourage us and to sow a seed into the word of God, the numbers are on your screen, 0242-919494. From all over the world, and you can send it or, you, or the PayPal account as well is there. It's going to be a great blessing. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, the Bible says that he that sows abundantly shall reap also abundantly. And I believe that this word has been a great blessing to you. We'll come again tomorrow. I'd like to encourage you to get all your church members to watch it together. You know, as they hear my voice teaching them to be permanent, you know, they are going to be rooted and grounded in the word of God and rooted and grounded in your church as well. Remember to send in your questions. Today, um, time runs so fast, but we'll answer your questions tomorrow before the um, message for tomorrow begins. Thank you very much for being a part of it. May the Lord bless your today, the rest of it. See you tomorrow. Remember to share this video with your friends, your neighbors. Remember to share it with your um, church members as well. Let them watch it. It's going to be a blessing and a benefit to you. God bless you and may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep and guard and guide your heart through Christ Jesus. Bye-bye. Remember, I'll see you tomorrow at the same time. Goodbye.